This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, guys. This is Encounter with God, and we are in the possibility of breaking a new record here on The Breakfast Show. It's very exciting times. That is correct. Two Uh, quizzes have been answered. Congratulations to the answer of the second one. What was their name? Callum from Morwell. Callum from Morwell, congratulations. You have a cookbook coming your way. And so we have more cookbooks to give away. We're going to see if we can break four today, four correctly answered quizzes. Uh, That will be a new record for The Breakfast Show. So let's have our next quiz for The Breakfast Show. There is another cookbook available. Here we go. Uh, We'll we'll do two two clues just because we're that keen. All right, ready? So clue number one, I am the dust of the Lord's feet. Okay, that's that's random. Oh yeah, All right, keep going. Oh yeah, clue number two. John saw a mighty angel come down from heaven, robed in one of these, with a rainbow above his head. Lyle, do you think you know the answer? I do, and I'm going to uh, write it down here in just a moment. Okay. Um. Yeah. This is is a what am I question. It's a what am I question. A what am I question. Okay, all right. If you know the answer, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669, and you will have a free cookbook coming your way. Um, so give us a call right now and let's see if we can, let's see if we can break a record this morning and get four correctly answered quizzes. We've had three in the past. We have yet to have four. Anyway, we need to... You, uh, you could also get a double prize because... You have all, could also get a double prize because I haven't written it down yet. So there's still time. Yes. Still time. Yes, indeed. Here we go. I'm sure I know what this angel is clothed with, but it doesn't match with the clues you've given me. Dust of the Lord's feet. Yes. John saw a mighty angel come down from heaven, robed in one of these with a rainbow above his head. There's, well, really, there's there's one thing that that uh, I know what it is. You do, you 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 no. do. Do I? He does not. He does not. He does not. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not yet. Okay, anyway. does producer Shell know what it is? Producer Shell, that is correct. <laughs> well done. <laughs> ah, very good. So, right. but I think we'll we'll see how we go. So, oh, Lyle, I know what it is. I just got it. I, I just, just got, got it. it. I just got it. I know what it is. Here we go. So, if you can anyway. get in before the next, before yeah. Yeah. Lyle writes it down, I, I, I can't do it until the next clue. Here we go. Okay. All right. So, so let's uh, jump into our Bible study for today. Our Bible study today is super controversial, which is awesome. We've had a lot of those topics over the last couple of days. Yes. Okay. So. Today we are looking at the identity of Michael the Archangel. And the reason that we're doing that is because of what it says in Daniel chapter 10. So let's go to Daniel chapter 10. And I'd like you to read for me um, verse 12 and 13, please. Okie dokie. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the 
archangels came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Okay, this is a very interesting passage here. It gives us a behind-the-scenes view of what is taking place. Daniel is fasting and praying for the release of his people and the return of the captivity to Jerusalem. He has been fasting and praying for three weeks. He is seeing nothing happen. But on the moment he started to pray, Gabriel comes down from heaven and he begins to work with Cyrus the Persian, Cyrus the Great, to effect the release of God's people. But he has been withstood by... Satan's angels and a conflict has been taking place. And so Gabriel has been working very hard to impress upon Cyrus's heart that this is what needs to happen. Satan has been working very hard to impress upon Cyrus's heart that this is not what should happen. And a war has been taking place. And this is one that is so tough. Not even Gabriel is winning. Mm. And after three weeks... Gabriel is just making no progress, and so Michael turns up. Okay, there's a number of very clear implications here. We need to find out who on earth is Michael, because obviously Michael ranks higher than Gabriel. Um, the Bible says, But the prince of the kingdom with Persia stood, withstood me 21 days, but then something happened. A change took place, and Michael turned up. One of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Okay, so we have a, a rise in rank here to Michael, but how far up the ranks do we go? And who actually is Michael? And why would this be controversial? Well, from my knowledge of, of reading in the Bible throughout the years, Michael, I believe, comes from Revelation, where it talks about how uh, the the, the Michael came to protect uh, the Mother Mary during the, the dragon where all the fancy stuff happens. When I remember reading uh, a book by Dave Edgren who, where it sort of goes into, it, it focuses on a child's, on, on, on a, it's a really great way for a child to, or a younger person to approach the, this particular, not this story, but the story uh, in Revelation. Um, and it's, it's, he, made it because someone asked him, you know, the Bible's boring, there's nothing happens. And he says, well, what's something that interests you? And he says, oh, dragons and swords and fights and whatnot. And he yeah, said, well, absolutely. that's in the Bible. Plenty of that in the and Bible. This is where, this, that's where my first introduction of Michael was. So in that story, it's revealed that Michael is Jesus, essentially. Yes. Ooh. I, did I just say yes? You did, you did just say yes. I did yes. just say yes. Okay, so that's just suddenly got a whole bunch of people Here we go. really, really upset. And there's and and with good reason. Indeed. And with very, very good reason. Why do you think people would be would, would get upset with uh, Michael with Jesus being with Michael being another name for Jesus has lots of different names. Why would people get upset with Michael being another name for Jesus? I don't oh, I guess it's because when Jesus came, he came as a baby. Mm-hmm. And in this story it's set many, many moons before anything is even concepted uh, or visualized in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I guess the theory of, of how does Jesus become this almighty archangel that fights off dragons, how does he go from that to a small, helpless child, a baby? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, okay. I, let me share with you why people get upset over okay. this particular issue. The issue is this. The Bible says that Michael is an angel. 
And heavenly angels are created beings. Mm. So if Michael is an angel and angels are created beings, what does that then say about Jesus? Might imply that he too is, is a created being. And we know that he's not. Yes. Okay, so this is where the this is where the problem comes in. This is where the emotion comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people get super bent out of shape over, and, and rightfully so, because as soon as you say, oh, Michael is another name for Jesus, they're saying, well, that's another way of saying that Jesus is a created being and that Jesus is no higher than an angel. Maybe a high angel, but that's, you know, and, and that's obviously not the clay case. We need to recognize and state very, very clearly here, right at the outset, that Jesus is the eternal God, mm. the ruler and creator of the entire universe who never had an origin at any particular point anywhere, who has always been here, who will always be here. Yeah. Uh, we need to make that you know abundantly clear. Let's look at one, va- one passage of the Bible on that very quickly. And we're going to look at eight lines of evidence this morning as to who Michael actually is. He's mentioned five t- times in the Bible. And within those five times, we are given abundant evidence as to his identity. Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 15. The Bible says that Jesus is the the image of the invisible God. That's the Father, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, that's Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he, notice this line here, is before all things. Mm. So if Jesus is before all things, is it possible for the Father to, to be before Jesus? It's a very interesting question. Clearly not, because he is before all things. So he is equal with the Father in his divinity. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And equal with the Father, of course, in his existence. You can't be before all things and have the Father before you. Yeah. That's an impossibility. Because, you know, there are no exceptions in this verse. The verse specifically uses the word all. So Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the ruler and creator of the entire universe. We're going to look at eight lines of evidence here this morning to show that Jesus is Michael. Mm. That's way controversial. Yeah. And the first line of evidence we're going to look at is what an angel actually is. Okay, so what is an angel? Well, there's the the modern conception of an angel, of this uh, being that's got big, massive wings that flies through the sky with a little halo on their head wearing a white robe. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of the... The white robe and the wings are in the Bible. The halo is not. Um, so we take the halo off yep. and the, you've got mm-hmm. an angel. Okay. All right. So that's what we typically think of as an angel. Except that the word angel comes from the Greek word angelos. Mm. And that simply means messenger. There we go. Are you a messenger? I have been a messenger before. 
Are, are you being a messenger now? I am being a messenger now. Therefore, you are an angelos. And in the Greek language that the New Testament was written in, if we were talking about you, we would refer to you as an angelos, an angel, because you are a messenger. It does not mean more than that. It does not mean that less than that. Uh, the King David is referred to as an angel. Uh, the Apostle Paul is referred to as an angel. Human beings are referred to as angels. Um, and the postie Jesus, is an angel. Yep. <laughs> calling Jesus an angel is not calling him a created being. It's calling him a messenger. Yeah. That's all it is doing. Someone that's got a letter that needs it to be delivered. Okay, so is Jesus a messenger? Yes, most certainly. Is he the greatest messenger? I would certainly say so. Uh, I think that's a really, really important point right there. Okay, so let's make that very clear. The word angel does not imply a created being. The word angel implies a messenger. Yes, Okay, so let's go on and let's find out then, is it possible that God in the Bible can be called an angel, mm. a messenger? Yes. And what you're actually going to find is like there's a, so many references to God being called an angel in the Bible, you can't even begin to count them. Uh, but let's go to, uh, let's see here, we will go to Genesis chapter 32. Actually, we're going to summarize a few verses here because we don't have a lot of time. Write these down if you are listening where you are in a position where you can write stuff down. Genesis 32, verse 30. In fact, read the whole story. The Bible tells the story of how Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And then, of course, the angel of the Lord touches him on his thigh, puts him out of joint. This is a very, very famous story in the Bible. And... At the end of that experience, this is just before he meets Esau, uh, Jacob states, I have seen God face to face. He doesn't state, I have seen an angel face to face. He says, I have seen God face to face. So he recognizes that this angel that he has been wrestling with all night is actually God. Yeah. Is Jesus Christ. Now, in the Bible, is only God who ever changes someone's name in a holy context. Mm. And this particular angel that wrestles with Jacob all night and Jacob calls God, the Bible calls an angel, God, Jacob calls him God, gives Jacob a new name and calls him Israel. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 48 and we will read this one. We need to read several of these verses. Genesis chapter 48 and... Um, here, Jacob is at the end of his life, and he references this event. Verse 16, please. Genesis 48 and verse 16. Genesis 48, verse 16. The angel who has redeemed me whoa, from... Whoa, 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 whoa. The whoa. angel which did what? Redeemed me. How many redeemers are there? There is only one that I know of. And who is that? That is God. That is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one who can redeem us. Mm. And here he says, the angel which redeemed me. That's a very clear reference to our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Yes. To claim anything otherwise, according to the Bible, would be blasphemy. Mm. So Jesus here is very clearly referred to as an angel. Okay. Um, <clears throat> So that was Genesis 48, verse uh, 15 and 16. Read those for homework. Let's move on to Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus chapter 3, once again, we have another very famous story in the Bible. 
And I want you to read for us verse 2, please. Verse 2 says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. So who was standing there looking at the bush? Moses was standing. Moses standing there looking at the bush. With the bush. And who's in the who's in the who's in the bush according to that verse? The angel of the Lord. Okay, and so Moses then uh well then uh, in verse four the Bible says when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not draw close, take your shoes off your feet, for the place that you are standing on is holy ground. Okay, so here we find the angel that is in the bush, the Bible says is God, and then the angel says, take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground. Then they have a conversation together and God tells Moses, go back and tell my people it's time for you to be freed from uh, Egyptian captive. And Moses is like, well, they don't know who you are. Who am I? Go- what name am I going to give them? Mm. They're worshipping Egyptian gods, and there's so many of them you can't keep track of them on the good day. But anyway, who? what name am I going to give them for you? And verse 14, uh, this is what the angel of the Lord says in verse 14. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Notice the angel of the Lord here called himself I am. The Tetragrammaton, the self-existent one. Mm. The great I am is none other than Jesus Christ. And so when you come into the presence of God, yep. the Bible says you take your shoes off your feet. Mm. That was the that was the custom in those days. We're going to come back and talk more about that in just a moment. But the point that we need to make here so far is, first of all, the word angel means messenger. And Jesus was, was. And is and was and is a messenger. Yeah. The Bible then goes on and we have repeated references and we've referenced three of them just now where God appears and the Bible describes God and calls God and calls Jesus Christ in particular an angel. Mm. So in the Bible, Jesus is repeatedly called an angel. Mm. This does not imply that he is created. This simply implies that he is a messenger. Indeed. You see, we have taken the word angelos or messenger, which you know is a, um, a, a word that describes somebody's function and we've turned it into a noun. Yes. Which is a name. Okay, so... Uh, let's continue on here and let's look at the next line of evidence. So our first line of evidence is that an angel simply means a messenger. Second line of evidence was that Jacob was redeemed, redeemed by an angel. That's obviously Jesus Christ. Third line of evidence, uh, God is the angel in the burning bush who proclaims himself as the great I am. Mm. The next line of evidence we're going to look at, and this is number four, is the definition for the meaning archangel. Because Michael is described as an archangel, or should we say the archangel? 
in the Bible is actually described as the archangel, and we're going to look at why he's the archangel rather than rather than an archangel. Okay, so what does the word angel mean again? A messenger. And what about the word ark? Well, typically, like it, it, it sounds like a well, ark. A R K is is the boat that yeah we're not, talking about, boats. We're not talking about that one though but A R C H is is that referring to uh, nope n- not referring to uh, the shape of a bridge I'm using my hands a lot which I know our <laughs> listeners can't see doesn't work on radio but <laughs> not referring to the to, to the shape of a bridge um, this is referring to something else this is what you'll often find in literature where somebody has an arc enemy. Ah, so their main, the main antagonist. Yes, the main antagonist. Okay, an arc enemy simply means the greatest. Yes. So if you have an arc enemy, he is your greatest enemy. Greatest is exclusive, which is why you have the archangel rather than an archangel, because you can only have one that is greatest. We're going to come back and talk more about this, but before we do, this is Lauren Daigle.
You're listening to Lauren Daigle with Power to Redeem. We only have one Redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. Praise God. We have an answer for our quiz. We do indeed. Three down. So we have equaled our record. Here we go. Um, so we uh, the answer, of course, was clouds. Clouds, which the we did have a winner. Yes. And that winner, I think, did sneak in before you wrote it down. Or did you, I, I wasn't... Don't paying. remember, but anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll see how we go. Let's go on with the next clue real next quick. Next clue. a lot of uh, material to cover. Next here. clue indeed is a what am I question. Ish-bosheth, Saul's son, was killed while on one of these. Ooh, that would be this. That is correct, Lyle. So, okay. if you think you know the answer, uh, please call in 1-800-324-843 or send us a text on 0491-064-669. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you can get this answer, you will be... A record breaker. Record breaker for the Breakfast Show quiz with four in one day. Okay, so let's see what you can do with that particular clue right there. Okay, so four lines of evidence we've covered so far as to who Michael is. The word angel means messenger. It does not mean a created being. The Bible says that Jacob was redeemed by an angel. There is only one redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says the angel that met uh, Moses in the burning bush was the great I am. And now we come to the fourth line where we come to the word archangel. Arch means greatest. Angel means messenger. Greatest by nature is one of those things you can only have one of. It is singular. You can't have multiple greatest. Yeah. If they were multiple greatest, they would be multiple great. I remember there's a Wiggles song that goes, sorry for referencing the Wiggles, um, but there's a Wiggles song that, that, that sort of teaches kids about this and it goes, great, greater, greatest. And they talk about big, bigger, biggest and go through the whole things. Okay. And that's, that's how I remember. And so the question is this, if Jesus is not the greatest messenger, who is? Well, I guess this verse, impl- or the, the, the name Archangel... Implies that you can only have one greatest messenger, and to say that anybody other than Jesus Christ is the greatest messenger would be blasphemous. Yes. Okay, so here comes your fifth line of evidence, and this one comes from Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. So we'd had a quiz clue from Zechariah early today, so a bit of a, a less read book of the Bible, but we're going to turn there right now. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. In, in fact, what I'm going to do for the sake of time is I'm going to summarize this once again. Um, here we've got Joshua the high priest is standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan is standing there to oppose him. And it says, Joshua the high priest was standing before the angel of the Lord. Satan is standing there. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. And what's interesting in this passenger is that the angel of the Lord and the Lord are used interchangeably. Maybe we actually do need to read this one just to see how these two words are used interchangeably. So let's go over. Let me just find Zechariah, and I'll read this one for you. Uh, Chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, He showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. So Joshua is standing before the angel of the Lord. Satan is standing at his right hand to resist him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? And Joshua Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And so here you've got the angel who is called the Lord, and the Lord is saying, the Lord rebuke you. Now, what is really interesting about this 
is that this is seen in only one other place in the Bible. Yeah. There is only one other place in the Bible. Here you've got the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you. The only other place in the Bible where anyone says, the Lord rebuke you, it is Michael who says it. And that is found in Jude verse 9. Jude verse 9. I'm going to read this one for you as well. So this is just before Revelation. And there's only one chapter, and in verse 9 it says, Yet Michael the archangel went... See, the archangel, not an archangel, the archangel, when he con- when contending with devil, he disputed not about the body of Moses, did not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. And, of course, you know, it's very common for Jesus to speak of himself in the second person. This is not something that you should find unusual. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 8 is a good example of that. And so here we find that when Michael speaks, Michael uses the words that God uses. He speaks as God. Okay, next line of evidence. Uh, We come to the, the phrase, Michael the Prince, Michael your Prince, and Michael the Great Prince. Uh, Michael is used in the book of Daniel more than anywhere else, mentioned three times. And in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 21, let's go to Daniel 10 and verse 21. I want you to notice here the what the Bible speaks of. Daniel 10 and verse 21. The Bible says, But I will show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. There is none that holds with me in these things but Michael your prince. Okay, notice here that the angel refers to Michael, your prince. So the question is, who was Daniel's prince? Daniel 9, verse 25. The Bible says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah, the prince. So who is the prince? The Messiah. The Messiah. Who is the Messiah? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay, so Michael, your prince... According to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 25, if you are going to stay within the context of the Bible and what the Bible says, not drift off into mythology where you have you know, Raphael and all of these other archangels, if you're going to stay within the Bible, the Bible says that Michael is the Messiah. Mm. Michael the Prince is the Messiah. Of course, in uh, 12 verse 1, Daniel 12 verse 1, he is spoken of as the great prince, not a great prince, mm. but the great prince. Okay, seventh line of evidence is First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the dead shall be, rise, shall be raised, and we will join them in the air. If you go to John, Gospel of John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, we ask ourselves this very simple question. In 1 Thessalonians 4.16, when the Lord descends from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the dead are raised, whose voice is it that raises the dead? Very clearly, it is the voice of Michael the archangel who raises the dead back to life. And in John chapter 5, uh, let me see here, verse 28, please, Liam. 
John 5, 28. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son. Okay. So whose voice is it that raises the dead, according to this passage? God's Son. God's Son. Whose voice is it, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16? Michael's. Therefore, Michael and God's Son are the same, the same person. person. Okay, one more line of evidence. Joshua chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. Joshua chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. Don't go there, Liam. Go to Revelation 12, verse 7. The Bible says that Joshua was outside of the camp one day. He came across an armed man and he said, Who are you? Are you for us or against us? And this particular individual said, As captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose your shoe from off your foot, for the place whereon you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Mm. Now, if he is taking his shoes off and if he is worshipping, who has he come across? God. Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Absolutely. And Jesus describes himself here as captain of the host of the Lord. Yep. Well, then who is the captain of God's army? Revelation 12, verse 7, please. Revelation 12, 7. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Thank you. Okay. If we stop here for a moment, we find that Michael is the leader of the army in heaven. Yes. And if you go to Revelation 19, verse 10, we won't take the time to go there right now, but you'll find that regular angels do not receive worship. But this angel, this captain of the host of the Lord, receives the worship of Joshua. And the Bible clearly says that the Lord's army is captained by Michael. Mm. Therefore, Michael is somebody who receives worship. Therefore, Michael is Jesus Christ. Michael is God. Okay, I hope that we have uh, sufficiently answered that through eight lines of reasoning here this morning just to summarize them very, very quickly. The word angel means messenger. It does not mean a created being. Jacob was redeemed by an angel. That can only be Jesus Christ. The angel that was in the burning bush was the great I am. The word archangel means greatest messenger. There can be no greater messenger other than Jesus Christ. When we find the Lord rebuke you spoken by Michael, the only person in the Bible who says that is God. When we go to Daniel where it speaks about your great prince, the great prince in the book of Daniel is defined as being the Messiah. That's Jesus Christ. It is the voice of the archangel that raises the dead. The Bible says Jesus raises the dead. And finally, the commander of the Lord's army is... None other than Michael, who, according to Joshua chapter 5, is Jesus Christ. This is Travis Cottrell with What a Beautiful Name. You were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation, and now re- Jesus Christ.
the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, my name is Lucas. I go to Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on a Saturday at 10 o'clock for a Sabbath school kids program and then the main service at 11.30. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church Warrigal. 
from your burden of sin. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you, oh evil, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder-working power in the blood. Working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder working power in the blood. Power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. In the precious blood of the Lamb Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb Oh, there's power, power, oh, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb Oh, we need your power, you give us power Lord, we want your power, Bring down your power, all your awesome power, amazing power. Lord, you gave us power, all we need your power. Welcome back, guys. That was The Brothers with Power in the Blood. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. You have one chance and one chance only to be a record breaker right here, right now. If you can answer this quiz clue question... It'll be four quizzes in one day. You will receive your free cookbook and you will be a winner. Go down in the record book. And a record record breaker. It'll be four quizzes in one day. First time for ever on The Breakfast Show. So get ready to call right now, 1-800-324-843. All right. Give it to us. What do you got for us? A very last clue. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under this. A hint, it isn't a bushel. Okay, so you might want to go to Luke instead of Matthew. There's another hint as well. So it's not a bushel. What else might you hide it under? If you know the answer, we're going to make it tardy to break our record, make it a bit obscure for you, then give us a call right now. But we are continuing with yesterday's uh, question of the day. So let's just review very quickly yesterday's question of the day. We didn't get time to finish it last time. Once again, this comes in from Darren. This question, is it true that Seventh-day Adventists believe wine meant grape juice. When Jesus turned water into wine, it must have been alcoholic because the definition of wine means fermented grape juice. 
Even non-alcoholic wine is also known as fermented grape juice, which has had the alcohol removed. Surely wine can never refer to simple grape juice because it has never been fermented. Also, wine was always served at Jewish weddings, not grape juice. Once again, thank you, Darren. Okay, so a couple of uh, points to make there. Yesterday we noted that it was absolutely impossible for the wine that Jesus turned into, the water that Jesus turned wine into at the wedding feast Uh, From a moral perspective, it was absolutely impossible that that was alcohol. The Bible says that they had well drunk, that they had well drunk, and in other words, had a lot to drink for three days. In fact, they had drunk so much, they'd drunk it all up and run out. And it's impossible for Jesus to have been creating another six kegs worth of alcohol just to keep people completely drunk. No, this is very, very clearly, and the context makes it clear, that on the first day they had pure grape juice, on the second two days they had reconstituted grape juice, and then Jesus created more pure grape juice again. There are another other, a number of other assumptions that you find here, one of those being that Jews always use alcohol and always did use alcohol. That's not even true today, much less back then. Yeah. Often would be the case, usually, definitely, but always is a big word and one that we should always avoid. Um, and, of course, we have very, very little evidence as to what was used in the ancient past, but we do know Jesus' attitude towards alcohol, and we do need to point out that uh, the Bible in many, many, many cases refers to wine as grape juice. In fact, the classic one for that is the one you find in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 8, where it says, Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster. And one says, destroy it not for a blessing is in it. The new wine in the cluster. Now, a cluster of grapes, he's talking about wine that is still inside the grape. Mm. That is not alcohol. And so there are an abundance of, about a third of references in the Bible where the Bible uses the word wine. It's talking about a non-alcoholic version of wine. You do not need to de-alcoholize grape juice to form non-alcoholic wine. Uh, most of the sparkling wine that you buy in your supermarket has never been alcoholized in the first place. Yep. Um, if it has been dealcoholized, it will be marked as such. All you have to have, all you have to do to have non-alcoholic uh, wine is to just uh, have crushed grapes. Anyway, we need to actually spend a little bit of time reasoning here for a moment because what you're dealing with is. The drug of choice in Australia that creates more social damage than any other drug. In fact, alcohol more causes more societal damage in Australia than all other drugs combined. That, wow. It is a huge statistic. One in seven people who take their first drink of alcohol are going to become an alcoholic. That's not a small number. The Bible clearly says that no drunkard, no alcoholic is going into heaven. Okay, so Liam, you're a young person, Uh and uh, let's say that you are with a bunch of mates and you're having an 18th birthday party. Indeed. And for the first time ever, you have the opportunity to have, you know, or some of you guys have the opportunity to have a first legal drink. Yes. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there in that party and saying, oh, I'm having a great time as Jesus would at a birthday party? Yep. And uh, um, the alcohol coming out and Jesus saying, look, one in seven people who drink this are going to be barred from heaven. Here, try some. If he try, if he gave it to me, it'd be much more enticing to to taste. But 
but it would be completely opposite of anything that Jesus would ever stand for. That's right. Jesus is never going to give you something that is going to keep you out of heaven. Much to discuss. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me by When other helpers fail and comforts me Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay, and all around I see. Oh, thou who changes not. Abide with me I need thy presence Every passing hour What but thy grace Can foil the tempter's power Who like thyself My guidance they can be Through cloud and sunshine Oh abide with me Welcome back to The Breakfast Show. You're with Lyle and Liam this morning. Uh, now, for our giveaway today, we have got uh, Mark Finlay's uh, a Bible with Mark Finlay's commentary. And if you would like to, uh, to, to receive that, just call in. If, by simply calling in on 1-800-324-843, you will win that prize. That's all first, you need to do. First caller through. First caller through. 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so we have come to the end of our show. Uh, make sure you give us a call right now and you will be able to get your copy of that Bible with those study notes. And, of course, we encourage people to study the Bible whenever we can. And uh, if you would like to get a copy of my Bible study series, which is called The Prophetic Code, then give us a call at one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we will put you in contact with the Discovery Center, the Hope Discovery Center where they will be able to uh, take you through that course entirely for free. Coming up in uh, straight after this, straight after the breakfast show, we have John Bradshaw, one of our favorites here on the show. And, of course, tomorrow's interview of the day is going to be Camilla Scaff. Uh, but as we come to the end of our show today, we just want to thank you for listening in and tuning in. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you too.
Yes, I know. 